0: Your choice is simple. Join us and live in peace, or pursue your present course
1: and face obliteration.
2: Hello there, and welcome to Skeptics and Believers, a paranormal podcast. In this special, we will be discussing Halloween. So please do sit back, relax and we hope you enjoy the show over to you matt
1: you're a natural entertainer aren't you mike i know so i've i've done a you know a small amount of research about halloween and what i've what i've read is that it's apparently thousands of years old and of celtic origin starting out as the festival of samhain which i'm definitely not pronouncing properly but i'm not celtic and 2000 years old despite what i look like I basically... believe it is
2: actually pronounced sam
1: Okay, well, we'll go with that. sam or whatever you said, which was basically dressing up and worrying about spirits, which has stuck around to the present day.
2: Well, it wasn't just that, though, because uh, my understanding is it's also um, signifying the final day of the full harvest.
1: Yeah, you know, they, they set fire to bonfires. They worried about not having enough food to last through the winter, stuff that ancient people would worry about, and they did that for a long time. And then the Christians came along and they co-opted it which is basically what Christians like to do to, you know, Celtic festivals and things. They did it with Easter, they did it with Christmas, and they rolled it into the festival of All Saints Day, which, of course, is when we celebrate uh, Melanie Black and her many friends from the popular <laughs> girl group All Saints. But the day before that was then called All Hallows Eve, the day before the Hallowed Day, which became known as Halloween. And then, as Christians often did again, they basically let the people who believed in what they believed in anyway just kind of get on with it in the background while they pretended it was all for Christianity. Occasionally, obviously, burnt some for heresy or for witchcraft. But in the meantime, it allowed the festival to continue to grow in much the same way as it is today. And the the Celts, they thought that on the night of Halloween, which I'm going to start calling it now because I don't like saying that other word, the ghosts would come out to play, essentially. So it was a day where the barrier between this world and the next was thin. So ghosts and spirits would be available to mingle with the people who were still alive. And they'd basically do a bunch of sacrifices for them, dance around a fire, dress up in costumes, which again is something that's kind of persisted to today, and act like the characters from The Wicker Man, hoping that the ghosts then would be happy with them and see them through winter.
2: Yes. So from what I found... Is that the dressing up was originally called guising. Okay. And originated in Scotland and Ireland. So, and that's when the kids would dress up in costumes and go around door to door trying to get food.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Out
2: of people.
0: So, what I saw was that it wasn't necessarily just treats and food they were after, they used to bake something called soul cakes which were a little bit like hot cross buns from what I can kind of devise. And they had like a cross on the top of them, which obviously is a bit more of a kind of a Christian symbolism.
1: Were they for the living people or were they for the dead?
0: They were for the living people. So it tended to be the kind of the poorer families would go around and, and kind of ask for gifts, so to speak, and food generally. And I think in the Middle Ages was all that people were bothered about, wasn't it?
2: It's already right. You you need a hundred grams of flour, fifty grams of sugar, and three souls.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now I, I I don't know why I I assumed that trick or treating started in America, rather than ah. being kind of a you know a, an ancient tradition. It, especially I, I don't, you know if, if if British people listen to this, then they'll obviously know that trick or treating tends to be looked down upon, like you know rats begging for scraps of food. Uh, but 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 dressed in cheap clothes from ASDA, whereas to yeah. Americans it's an integral part of the holiday, isn't it?
2: It's the second largest commercial holiday in America after Christmas, and they spend ah. round about nine billion dollars a year on Halloween. And having been in America in the run up to Halloween and seeing what places like Walmart are like with what they're selling, it's totally believable because the stuff that they sell is just mental i've seen like 20 foot inflatable like jack-o-lanterns in and walmart. do you think do you think walmart... people buy this stuff
1: yeah do you think do you think walmart and americans in general then are using this holiday to ward off evil spirits i mean some might mm.
0: it wasn't really anything big in um america like with the puritans or anything like that but once there was a big irish and scottish celtic kind of migration over there they took that holiday with them and really kind of started celebrating it quite a lot going back to what you said matt about it being a kind of a celtic holiday
2: yeah and that wasn't until around about the 1840s so it it was kind of relatively a late thing in terms of how long halloween has been celebrated so if you think about it it's it's, it's literally been within the last 180 years, the trick or treating kind of went to the shores of America. But did you know that they stopped it during the Second World War because of
3: sugar rationing? Well,
1: makes sense. Oh, makes sense.
3: Because they did for a time. They used to carve turnips. They yes. did, and then it. And then I think with 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 in America, I think in that 1830s, it became pumpkins. I'd like no. to see a carved turnip. Turnips, potatoes, and beetroot.
0: Much more How'd British, you carve a boring beetroot? food. They're
1: about that big.
0: they're they're just the pickled ones
2: yeah but that all originated from the the whole jack-o'-lantern thing so jack-o'-lanterns were created by the Irish and it was based off the story about a guy called Stingy Jack who basically tricked the devil and in being found out that he tricked the devil was banned from going to either heaven or hell and was cursed to roam the earth for the rest of eternity carrying a
1: lantern so was he was he, was he
2: Jack of the Lantern?
1: He was stuck in Purgatory like Jack from Lost. That makes sense.
2: Ah oh, yes, yes.
1: I like the I fact think... that you said his name was Jack O'Lantern and he was Irish. That was, I mean, that, sorry, there's a joke <laughs> so in there that we all was,
2: missed. His name was Stinchy Jack. I didn't say his name was Jack O'Lantern, but it's where Jack o'Lanterns come from.
0: So we're we'll see look, over here in the UK, we don't really call them Jack o'Lanterns, do we? We just hollow out a pumpkin and stick a couple of candles in it. And I think candles and light is the key to this, really, rather than that story about Jack, Stingy Jack, O'Lantern. And it's all about burning candles to guide souls either into the next life or back to the home, depending on which kind of myth you want to follow, really. Whether the soul is trying to find heaven or come back to visit their loved ones.
3: I was going to say, in, Dar- in Derbyshire, there's a famous tradition about having these sort of massive fire torches on sticks. Sticks is probably underselling it. They were they were quite substantial structures. <laughs> is, it
0: called tin- yeah. is it called Tindles?
3: Yeah, it was called Tindles, and they reintroduced them in the lead-up to the Olympics in 2012.
1: I tried using Tyndall once. I never met anyone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> does
2: anyone know what the most popular trick or treat candy is in the united states
0: candy corn no mike
2: no oh, no good guess it's skittles
1: that's wow. pretty good yeah are we talking we're we talking in in total number because you do get a lot of skittle to the pound don't you well
2: yeah yeah that is true that is true but it kind of it outweighs M&M's, which you'd think would be the same thing. Well, not the are same we, thing, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a lot of candy. <clears throat>
1: yeah, are, we, are, we, are we angling for a Skittle or M&M sponsorship here, Mike? Is that what we're going for?
2: I mean, if we were, I'd personally want to go for the M&M one. But only brown
1: M&M's. Okay. What? Other than Jack O'Lantern, did anyone uh, read about any other notable spookies from Halloween?
2: Not spookies. I found something odd. Okay. Well, go on. So from what I found, apparently in the 18th century, a tradition was devised by single ladies in an attempt to try and find their husband. Oh. And what they would do, there's two things that they would do. The first one is that they would throw apple peels over their shoulder and hope that the apple peels would form the initials of their future husband. And the other thing to do with apples is apple bobbing. So apple bobbing was basically whichever whichever lady got the apple first was the winner and was guaranteed to meet their future husband first.
1: Oh, ima- they're, ima- they're kind Im- of- Im- imagine, I mean, I know it's, it's not that long ago, but where the most important thing to a lady was finding a man. Do you remember those days?
0: Oh, I'm not that old, but no. Um, I'm beginning to think it's less and less important these days. But yeah, it was a major thing, wasn't it? You had to get married.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The spookiest one was that they would stand in a darkened room in front of a mirror with nothing but a candle, and they'd hold the candle up to the mirror and stare into it, hoping that the face of their future husband would appear. Now, I wonder if anyone did that and some creepy face came back at them.
1: I mean, probably guys are pretty creepy looking sometimes.
2: Wow, well, yeah, just look at you.
1: I know exactly. I've seen <laughs> creepy we... faces in the mirror quite often. <laughs> usually, <laughs> when I'm doing my hair.
2: But yeah, that that was a that was a bit of an odd tradition that was was started in the uh, in the 18th century in America.
1: I read about a couple of notable spirits associated with Halloween. One that's very well known is the headless horseman, but
2: made famous whilst, by Sleepy whilst... Hollow.
1: Yeah, well, while whilst that is very famous though, it's kind of, It seems to be based on something called uh, the Dullahan, which is another word I'm probably completely mispronouncing. Which were a group of headless horsemen who would be seen at night, and if you saw them, then they would be a portent of death. So if you saw the Dullahan, then you were likely to die, which is quite a you know a, a similar thing from Celtic folklore, isn't it? A similar sort of thing with banshees. Uh, in the episode we did on them and some other Celtic ghoulies and goblins. But yeah, they were they were associated with old, old Halloween, kind of pre-Christian stuff. And I also read there was a, uh, a lady called Gwyn who dressed in all white and chased people at night and had a black pig as a friend, which might just have been a lady who owned a pig or it might have been an evil piggy spirit. I don't know possibly Sorry, a precursor just... to the pig man of canic chase
2: indeed I was just for some reason when you mentioned about the headless horseman being a group of headless horse people mm. it made me think about I think we talked about it once but maybe not on a on a podcast about the spiritual or ghostly hunt
0: oh uh, we did oh yeah, yeah, like yeah the, it the, was the wild hunt. the
2: wild yeah. hunt the wild yes. Yes. hunt
1: yeah, which was also basically taken and repopularized in the Witcher novels and games because they're in one of those. Yes. Aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yes. So that's probably why we were talking about it, Mike, because we're nerds. We
2: are. Oh yeah.
0: uh, Henry Cavill in The Witcher.
1: He does cut quite a dash, I've got to say. You know, as a as a straight man, yeah. as a straight man, you can ad, you can admire his uh, his ability to get into fine form. That man. Toss a
2: coin He's... to your witcher. witcher.
0: Oh, we're singing that for weeks after we watched The Witcher.
2: Obviously, when I was a kid, Halloween over here in the UK was the time that they'd put things like the Worst Witch uh, and and programs or, or films of that ilk on TV.
1: Yeah, and for people who don't know what the Worst Witch is, the Worst Witch was basically Harry Potter but with a girl.
3: It had the Tim Hundred Curry Hundred. in it, didn't it? Tim Curry as the um, the kind of the, the Grand Warlock. The grand, yeah,
1: yeah. It's a strange it's, program.
3: It it was. But you know,
2: when you were a kid, it was quite enjoyable to watch. But for some reason, the other the other kind of lasting memory I have from Halloween as a kid was the and Eddie might appreciate this is the video for Wild Boys by Duran Duran being <laughs> aired in full on ITV. Wild
0: well, Boys, Wild Boys. It was a it was
3: a little bit like Mad Max, wasn't it? It was a bit end of the world, yeah. but with lots yeah, yeah. of ripped homoerotic men in chainmail. I can, kind of my, <laughs> yeah, like, I can see um, why that stay with you,
1: but like, um, stayed with
2: you. I don't know about you guys, but I, I never went, I never did trick or treating.
1: No, you're incredibly just, antisocial, yeah. and you don't like. Yeah, you know, going it's just out. something <laughs> I was,
2: I was never really kind of interested in or wanted to be a part of.
1: And yet, you love candies. And
2: yet, I do love candies, John I Candy.
1: Have, uh, absolutely, um, I, I, I would have thought, Candy especially. Staten. Especially little Mike would have been so excited to go out and dress like a ghouly or a goblin.
0: I don't think we tended to do it much, though, did we? If we think about it, no, it's back, definitely a more recent thing in years. the UK. Yeah, yeah. I'd, yeah. Got- occasionally I'd have friends round and we'd have like a bit of a party. My mum always used to quite like throwing a party, so um, I'd have like two or three friends round and we'd get dressed up and. Mess about in the garden for half an hour. I, and then I just can imagine.
1: I can imagine young Lisa having a séance and uh, <laughs> getting the Ouija board out. That's the only thing.
0: Well, I was going to suggest that we do something a bit spooky no. for our Halloween special. No. But <laughs> stop
2: it! I don't like it. Said Mike. No, I think I it would like... make a
0: great episode. So, yeah, I mean, and we could film so it, obviously, and we put
2: it. Obviously, we've 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 missed the opportunity to do this, but there was a. Uh, uh, an event at Cannock Chase, which was a what? black-eyed kid walk.
0: <gasps> no, we missed that. God.
2: Um, but maybe that may be one to do for next year. Um, but there was, um, was it a, probably three Halloweens ago? Eddie, Lisa and I went to Derby Jail where we had a ghost walk with the most haunted legend that is Richard Felix that was that was quite good wasn't it
0: it was really good i had a great evening it was really good fun and actually really really interesting and i walk around derby a lot because i'm obviously a local um and i kind of remember things from that walk it was just really it was just really informative wasn't it It there was a lot
3: of interesting my
0: knowledge to my unfortunate work colleagues who don't care
2: (laughs) but we we did this ghost walk which is probably like a a good couple of hours wasn't it it took us around Mm. different parts of derby and telling us all these stories about murders that were taking place and ghosts Mm. that have been seen but they also do um like kind of ghost hunts throughout the night so maybe that's something that we can look at doing
0: yeah in the future if if they're still doing it post COVID's, it would be a shame if they're not we'll have to have a look we'll
2: have to have a look COVID can't keep a ghost down Christmas overnight. Christmas.
0: Oh, Saturday the fourth of December, Derby Jail overnight. I can't oh, think of anywhere I'd rather be
1: in the dead of winter than a jail.
0: Ah, oh, and it's an and old, it's the jail. Old, old jail. Old jail. It still got all the scrawlings on the doors from the inmates yeah. that are in there. It's very. As long as I can take my heated
1: blanket, I'll be all right. <sighs> I'm not sure they've got. Don't
2: worry, I'll for give that. you jacket potato <laughs> and some baked beans and cheese.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was lovely. Mm.
2: But I think when the 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 main thing that I used to do as a kid around about Halloween was we would go take it in turns going around to each of our houses getting takeaway pizza and watching horror films like Nightmare on Elm Street or Ghoulies or the Leprechaun films like that you know that were probably crap, totally
1: 80s slashers yeah
2: yeah totally inappropriate for children who were around about 11 12 years old but thoroughly It didn't do t- you any harm did it Did not do me any harm
0: i think it's a bit of a a british nervousness about trick-or-treating though isn't there we do see it as a bit crass and my kids now are well we're kind of like 14 15 and they're really excited about going out trick-or-treating but i'm just like oh god don't be organized
3: begging (laughs)
2: yeah i mean you should think themselves lucky at their age because in canada there's a town called bathurst where they've made it illegal for anyone over the age of 16 to go trick-or-treating and that seems fair
1: to me if you're if you're She's 17 friendly. or older why do you need someone to give you candy true yeah, just greedy get a job
0: get a job so so going back sorry, to I, some kind of oh sorry. i went i went near a daily some...
1: mail earlier <laughs>
0: <laughs> go, so going back to um like costumes and dressing up with trick-or-treating I've found it quite an interesting fact actually about the costumes and some of it says that some of the internet says that on All Saints Day that they think the souls have departed wander around the earth or no actually sorry they wander around the earth until All, All Souls Day, All Saints Day when they would then kind of pass over and they would get vengeance on people who had wronged them in their life before they moved on and so... People would don masks and costumes to avoid being recognised by these spirits oh. that were looking around for them. And and Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, was the last day that somebody who hadn't quite passed on would be able to come and get you. So getting dressed up um, was a way of trying to kind of avoid your dead person, your dead loved one, coming and grabbing you. But um, apparently, Christians still dress up as saints. Um, throughout the kind of like that three-day window, which is called All Hallows Tide, which is the 31st of October, the 1st of November, All Saints Day. And then November the 2nd is All Souls Day. So it's kind of like a three-day window.
1: Like a three-day Christian event of dressing as your favourite saint.
0: Wow, yeah. Well, it's not just a Christian thing either, because... If you think of the Mexican Day of the Dead, that's November the 1st and November the 2nd. And obviously they're not Christian, but they are Catholic, aren't they? But majority, kind of like, Catholics are, they? are
1: kind Tentary? of Christian.
0: They are, well, yes. I suppose it is a part of, of former Christianity, isn't it? But it's a kind of... <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Retract that. I know exactly what you're saying. I totally said that wrong. But yeah, the, Me- the Mexicans, Day of the dead, which is actually more of a celebration... Of people who have passed over, but they also do that food offering, don't they? They kind of they have kind of like a bit of a festival, and they all sit and eat, and they tell stories about their loved ones that have passed over, and then leave food for their loved ones that have passed over as well. So, a lot of kind of food and jollity, generally. Is it a bit like leaving
1: the, out um, a couple of biscuits for Santa? Is it that kind of thing?
0: I think so. That sounds about right. But it's all kind of. I was having a quick look at like other countries as well. So in France they go and pray on the graves of loved ones and leave a dish of milk. I'm not sure where that came from. Um, in Italy they will go to kind of mass but they will leave a meal out for their loved ones that have passed. And Spain a bit like the soul cakes, um, they bake special pastries um, called, I'm going to try and pronounce this, Huesos de Santo and they kind of leave them on the graves and it means bones of the holy so interesting it so it all
1: sounds it. very it all sounds very catholic oriented to me
0: it is yeah you know. but it does go back and, further and, doesn't it i think there's there's um there's talk of kind of worshipping the dead and martyrs and saints going all the way back to kind of roman times so it is obviously something that has just been kind of dragged through and slightly changed and now we've just completely Got rid of any type of religion in it and just do it to be greedy. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: last last Halloween, uh, actually, was no, not not last Halloween. The Halloween before last, I went out dressed as Commander William Riker from uh, the Ooh. television <laughs> show Star Trek: <laughs> The Next Generation, which I think I think we can all agree was in honor of the dead. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Los so, motos están vi- vivos. That's what they say in Mexico, isn't it? The the dead are alive.
2: So, I've been having a look at what the most popular Halloween costumes throughout the years have been, and I found there's there's a a website, rd.com, that's listed them by year, and in 1952, the most popular Halloween costume was Gene Kelly from Singing (laughs) in the Rain.
1: Excellent. It's Yeah, it's relatively straightforward, isn't it? Yeah. Wholesome.
2: Looking through the years when we were born, so Lisa, yours was uh, Michael Myers.
0: 78.
2: Yeah, so in 79 for the year I was born, the most popular Halloween costume was Rocky Balboa. Nice. Excellent.
1: I could see you in that, <laughs> yeah.
2: For the year that Matt and Eddie were born in 1980 and the Halloween costume that was most popular then was, well, can you guess?
3: Sexy schoolgirl. nurse. Is it something Star
0: Wars related? It
2: was Tony Monero from Saturday Night Fever.
1: (laughs) I can see that.
3: Mm, 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 mm. But
0: that's a very American thing, isn't it? Just dressing up as anything. Yeah. Whereas over here, we over here we do tend to dress up in spooky, scary skeleton witches. Yeah, but but kind of stick with
1: that. Based on what you said, though, Lisa, about how, you know, the out- the outfit isn't necessarily supposed to evoke spookiness. The outfit is supposed to disguise oh. you from the spookies that are out to get you.
2: This is true. Yeah. This and I- is true. I-,
1: I I look nothing like Commander William Riker of the Starship Enterprise. So you do a little obviously, bit. So, obviously, that was an incredible disguise.
0: <laughs> You've got his beard from his later episodes.
2: Yeah. You do you a look little like bit. like a heavily bearded Jack Whitehall.
1: I look like a what? fat Jack Whitehall.
2: That's true, yeah. Yeah. So I think my, my favourite is 1987 where the most popular Halloween costume was of Gordon Shumway. Who? Gordon Shumway.
1: What? No, I'm going to join Lisa on this. Who?
2: Oh, my God. You don't know who Gordon Shumway is. Please say his name because it will really help. Alf. What you want about? Her, Matt's got it. Alf.
1: Alien Alf, life form. The
2: alien life form. Little Alf brown the, furry with thing. With the
0: nose. I don't think yeah. the nose.
2: His real name. Gordon shumway. As in Alf's, Alf's real name from his home planet.
0: Oh I see, okay.
2: Man, they should bring back Alf. That'd be brilliant. I thought
0: they I don't were mean like, like
2: Alf. I don't mean like a reboot, I mean just air the original series.
1: No, I I, I thought they was were doing that? a reboot of Alf. Don't know why. Again, going wildly <laughs> off topic. Going wild. Was
2: that a Saturday or a Sunday evening Alf? What
0: was it? Saturday or Sunday weren't it at no. night?
2: Saturday nights, Saturday nights around about six That's o'clock on ITV. I used
0: to watch which, it with which my mum and for, Dad as well. Everybody was into it.
2: Which, for the younglings and the Americans who listened to us, ITV was back in the 80s one of, at that point, four channels that we had Three. here in the UK. Four. Wowzers. We had four at that point. Okay. Only just. Only just, yeah. yeah.
3: The guy who played Alf was called Paul Fusco. And when his career kind of failed, he became a photographer and he got a little bit obsessed with deformed children in Chernobyl and went and took what? loads of photos of them.
2: Oh, wow, that's that's pretty niche. Dark, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
3: dear.
1: that's dear. Uh, that's one of those facts, isn't it? It's one of those facts that you that there's never any really use for it, but there it was. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Has anyone Finally, got anything else about Halloween? Um, I, I guess the only thing for me is... What what do we think about Halloween? Do we think there's anything to it?
0: I mean... <sighs> I'm thinking... I'm going back kind of 1,500 years, 1,000 years maybe, to kind of...
1: You're not that you're old. You're not exactly. that old.
0: Oh, hey. right, I, am <laughs> I am the oldest. I am the oldest. I am the oldest. But if you go back that far, um, and I'm referencing this because I've just read a book that was based around those kind of middle... Is it middle ages? Dark ages? I don't know, whatever you call it. About 1,000 1, to 1,200, something like that um and all they did was think about food and where their next meal was coming from and also that they were so god-fearing and they used to have all their saintly relics and things didn't they that you used to pray to and it was all very much what was going to happen to you after death Mm. and it was very much a heaven or hell um and so you know they didn't have anything else to really entertain themselves this was probably quite an exciting festival and I suppose so, probably you probably know, want to kind of
2: appease the spirits because they could be the ones that would kind of pave the, the way for you to go to heaven rather than burning in the fiery pits of hell.
0: Yeah. And if you're talking about kind of loved ones that have passed over, you know, if they're of the belief that they are, you know, if they die in, let's just say the summer, then they're wandering the earth until All Saints Day on November the 1st when they get to kind of go to heaven, you know, it can kind of, it would be strike fear into a, a peasant wouldn't it or or anybody really or even the kind of the lords and the barons and all that lot of the time they were all very very god-fearing the church was really in control of everything so just to anything to try and keep them under control but um giving them like a little bit of encouraging them to come to church come and pray so, for uh, your yeah, loved ones
2: the thing with halloween is that when you like when we look at the stories and the cases and stuff that we've looked at so far and we'll find this going forwards as well is that you don't tend to find that these all happen; these sightings and experiences all happen around the end of October, the start of November. No, you know, it's not like it's not like Halloween becomes kind of super ghost slash paranormal day. In terms, you mean like of at the end of Ghostbusters one, where all the yes, ghosts exactly. where all the ghosts
1: get out? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's not like you know, gozers coming out and and bringing the ghost party with them
1: so am i getting the feeling that there's a a general level of skepticism around halloween being a meaningful time in the ghosty calendar
0: yeah i don't think so i think it's just something that we've inherited through the years and we've kind of twisted to make it our own little kind of fun thing but i don't think there's any for us in the uk and probably america as well it's not really a religious festival and yet The Day of the Dead in Mexico is massive, isn't it? And everybody celebrates it. Absolutely huge. And we were were in France um, a couple of years ago, in Half Term, which it is now at the moment. Um, And there was a huge cemetery near in Nice. And everybody would go and leave candles and and flowers and things. And it was quite a large kind of, not, not festival, I don't want to say festival, but kind of pilgrimage almost, to these mm. graves of their dead and leaving candles and flowers for this kind uh, of there, was a, there was a
3: lot of the kind of traditional sheet overhead ghosts in France. I think everybody that we saw, that was kind of the de facto style that they were, that were, they were rocking. Um, I just love the fact it's, it's good for a bit of vegetable carving. And, I, and, I, <laughs> and my favourite little fact that I found out when researching was that a manzel which is a vegetable, which we know as uh, charred. Oh, yeah. is the, one of the smallest, most intricate bits of um, carved Halloween accoutrement that someone's ever done. I think it was a Guinness World Record. It was the smallest Halloween piece of carved veg. Excellent. That must have been pretty charred to do.
0: <laughs>
1: Good God.
0: Amazing.
2: And on that terrible oh, yeah. dad joke... i think we'll 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 wrap up this episode on halloween if you are listening to this on halloween then we hope you have a spooktacular time thank you for bearing with us while we had a bit of a break thanks to me getting ill if you haven't already please do like subscribe send us messages on facebook as some of our listeners have been doing but thanks to everyone who's been listening and uh, obviously we got far more episodes coming up so until next time When we talk about the Mothman, please do take care of yourselves.
1: This podcast has been brought to you by Obsidian Shark Productions. The music featured in this podcast can be found at freemusicarchive.org and is used under the Creative Commons license. More details can be found on our website.